How are you Raiders family? It's Berkey here and welcome to Can You Believe It? Round 10. Round 10 already guys, double figures and a big, big, big uh, round 10 preview match against the Rabbitohs. Uh, look, another massive game. The beauty of it is, and I'll cover in my top 10 later, it's our first time back at home for four weeks, so we've been settled in our routine this week after getting back from Magic Round. And that's really critical uh, at this time of the year you can get back into your own routine. Uh, and being at home for the next couple of weeks now, I think is there's nothing better than it. So it's just a good chance for us just to take a breath, um, get all our injuries right, sleep in our own bed, uh, and make sure that we're fit and ready for tomorrow night. So it's a really big game. Uh, so my top 10, as always this week, I'm going to focus on South Sydney first. So I've gone for number one, Sam Burgess, and then I'm going to blend into George and Tom in my first pick. Now, uh, Sam, like our Sia Soliola, is their inspirational leader of that club. No mistake about it. He's their highest paid and is their most inspirational. Being inspirational can have its ups and its downs. I'm thinking and seeing Sam in the past when the Rabbitohs have been in a tight game or struggling to do things and things aren't working, Sam could sometimes be prone to errors and penalties. So I think if we can frustrate him early, get up in his face so he doesn't get any room like the Cowboys gave him last week, we're going to be in good stead. Previously, as I said, when South are in a bit of a rut or, or struggling to do things, he tries to come up with a massive hit or a big offload. And usually there's an error there with a knock-on or he does something rash and gives away a penalty. So it's big and really important that we frustrate him a lot of the time. Get in his face, crawl, um, uh, scratch, whatever we can do to unsettle his routine and his rhythm. Now, the big thing with Burgess as well, and I'll come to Damien Cook next, is that Cook invariably, invariably is desperate to win the ruck close to the line, and nine times out of ten, Cook's going to skirt wide and hit Sam Burgess coming straight. So the like, so that's going to be on our left edge, the south right edge. So the left edge, obviously, is Jared, Sam, those sorts of guys have really got to be switched on and get up quickly on Burgess if they see that play on, unfold. So we've all got to get our line speed up and quick and take that time management off them. I say it every week, but close to the line, it's critically important we take off that time management. So Sam's key to their whole game, their whole spirit, and we've got to try and um, nullify that quickly and nullify it early. Which blends me into George and Tom. George and Tom, big men, but they're big lumber, the big lumber and cumbersome guys as well at the same time. So if... When they come on, Souths are going to try and take the speed out of the game. They're going to try and bully us, and they're going to try and take the speed out of the game when George and Tom come on. You'll find Reynolds and Walker will kick to the sidelines a hell of a lot more when George and Tom are on together to give them that breathing space. So we've got to make sure that wherever possible we keep the, the ball in the field of play. I'll cover our game plan later on. Once again, George and Tom, when they get tired, uh, make mistakes. More than penalties, they do make a lot of mistakes. They're prone to errors. However, they are very, very hard to handle around our middle third. So once again, Cook will try and turn them inside our play-the-ball area. Cook will run across, turn inside. Sorry for the mic. Um, and they'll come straight down the middle. So we, once again, our markers have got to be aware of that play, that, and we can't get lazy or tired to make sure that we really block up that ruck area. So once again, George and Tom frustrate them and they'll come up with errors. Number two, I've gone for Damien Cook. You know, if not the second, if not the, 
is certainly the third best hooker in the world behind Smith and, and Hodjo, um, but he's closing the gap. So once again, guy's got speed to burn. So once again, he'll be desperate, desperate to win that ruck against us. So we've got to make sure that we, at all times if possible, only have two in the tackle. Because what Cook wants is three or four in the tackle. So that's why he sends the Burgess boys up, because they sometimes suck in three or four around that ruck area, quick play the ball, and there's one or two defenders still on the ground. So we've got to have faith and confidence in our defenders who go up that one or two guys are going to try and make that tackle on their own and the rest of our line's ready for Cook's darts because that's what he's desperately hoping to do, catch us out with lazy defenders and once again, he will skirt wide. He will skirt on an angle and then a 45 degree and then straighten, looking for a straight runner and looking for a lazy edge. Very rarely Cook goes down the middle. He's usually looking at an edge player like an Elliot um, or a Ryan Sutton, those type of guys who might be a little bit lazy or haven't come up or have been involved in a tackle and haven't got up and won the ruck area. So Cook is a huge, huge danger. So we've got to be aware of those runs from Dummy Hart, particularly when he will skirt across and either hit Sam Burgess on their right or John Sutton on their left as well. So we've got to be awake to that play, especially close to the line. Number three, I've gone for Adam, Redzel, Adam Reynolds. Like Michael Morgan, he's their sole and primary kicker. Reynolds is far quicker from hand to foot than Morgan is when he kicks. So it's very hard to get a shot on Reynolds because he's so quick um, actually kicking the ball. He's a very prodigious kicker, uh, but he is their main go-to guy. So if we can, once again, get under his skin early, give him a couple of hits, let him know that we're around, it just may unsettle him a lot. Reynolds very rarely does a lot of running these days. He does some very good backing up straight down the middle corridor, um, but he just organises and gets the plays to the area of the field that he wants to attack from. So once again, really important we take his time management from him and try and frustrate and and let make him make us force him where they're going to go, not him forcing and, and make us where he wants to go. So we've really got to get up in his face and get his runners because um, if we can have them backpedalling and Reynolds is making no yardage from his one or two hits wide, then he's going to be backpedalling trying to get that next plane, trying to organise it. Number four, I've gone for Cody Walker, a real critical linchpin. Sniffs out a try. The big thing with Walker is he's unpredictable. What I don't want to see um, Nickel Clockstack doing when Walker's got the ball is back too deep. Walker likes to grub it in behind, so Sharnice has got to be up closer to the line, especially when they're attacking, because Reynolds does those grubbers and Walker's following through. So Nickel Clockstack can't be back too deep. If, it's, if he's back too deep, then we're going to be in trouble. He's got to be up sh a bit shallower. If he has to turn and chase, that's fine. He's got plenty of speed to get back and get the ball. But he's got to be careful of Walker the way he does grub it just in behind the line and be ready for it because he'll try it a lot, particularly late in the first half when we're feeling a little bit tired. He's going to have a crack then. Also, the last 10 minutes of the half, you'll find Walker will come in sniffing around the ruck, waiting for Cook or one of the Burgess boys to make half a break, and that's when he gets through the middle third. So once again, we've got to be really careful of his backup play and try and jam up that middle corridor so they don't get any half breaks and the offloads happening. So guys, that's my top four for South. Now let's come to us. I think there's some really big positives that we can look at. Number five, I've gone for Nick Kotrick into Elliot Whitehead. Um, as some of you may be aware, I've always been a believer in you don't weaken a strength to strengthen a weakness. Now obviously Ricky's move, Nick, left wing, right centre. 
a lot of the forms, the Raiders forms have been calling for this move for a, a couple of years now, particularly the last year. A lot of people have said they'd like to see Nick in at centre. He played brilliantly there in under-20s. Uh, I saw him that day at the Gold Coast Titans in 2016 when he completely carved up the Gold Coast Titans under-20 side playing right centre. But right centre in the NRL is different. Right centre marking a guy like Dane Gagai is another level. Gagai's a very, very solid rep player. He's aggressive, he's a good runner, and he's, he's always on, on his game. But I think Nick can match it with Gagai. As I said, the big thing Nick's got to be aware of being right centre is he's going to have defenders inside him, in probably Elliot Whitehead, and outside him as well in, um, uh, in um, uh, Bailey Simonson, I beg your pardon. So he's got to be really aware that he's got more space now to defend. But Nick's got very good footwork laterally, and I think he will certainly test Gagai. Where we're going to be stuck is if the inside guys, and that's going to be Elliot Whitehead, I'm thinking here, to, to act as Nick's pimp to clean up a lot of that mess. Those two really need to communicate and really jam in to make sure that's nice and tight. And Bailey Simonson as well needs to be jamming in as well. Because South, I think, we're going to, South, I think are going to play to our right edge a hell of a lot. So the likes of John Sutton and those guys are the South's left edge. I think they're going to be playing a lot to our right edge this weekend. And rightly so. It's a little bit unsettled. Two positional changes, or one uh, one big positional change, and a new winger uh, in Bailey, who's only his third NRL game, or second NRL, third, third NRL game. Um, so we've really got to be careful for Nick that he, he just communicates, doesn't overplay his role in defence, Mind you, when he gets the ball, I think it's going to be a very exciting matchup. If he can get that fend happening on Gagai and that beautiful lateral skip away he does, we could be in for some good times tomorrow night if he can get on the outside of Gagai with his speed and strength and give Bailey Simonson a little bit of room down that edge. But it's a tough ask. Having Elliot inside him, I think, is a key stroke from Ricky. Um, just like last week when Elliot moved to help Michael Oldfield, uh, that was a big moment. And I think Elliot's role in just settling Nick down, making sure that edge is really tight, uh, once again, is going to be a big help for us to maintain that line so Souths don't get any leverage through that area uh, with easy play the balls and easy metres because we haven't read the play correctly. Number six, I've gone for our kicking game. As I said at the start, Souths have a lot of big forwards. They've got a new fullback in Corey Allen because Alex Johnson's out. Corey Allen is a winger. I don't think he's played fullback in the NRL. It's a Saturday night in Canberra. It might be a bit greasy. We need to bomb the crap out of this guy, as well as their wingers. I don't think they're that good under the high ball, these guys, and with a big, boisterous crowd um, and plenty of pressure from our guys coming through, I think we can exploit South, particularly with high bombs, and Jack's left foot dinks to the corners and hem them in. The Burgess boys hate nothing more than tracing back from halfway to a corner of Canberra Stadium trying to get the ball back out. That's the pressure we need to build here with these big boys. Turn them around. Where possible, try and keep the ball in as much as we can to tie them out a lot quicker. And that leads me to number seven is our speed game. Once again, it's going to be hopefully a fast track which helps our game plan over the South big boppers to really turn them around inside balls, quick play the balls, Jack running the pace on that left edge. It's really building quite beautifully. Last week was a hiccup, yes, but to score 24 points to nil, or sorry, 18 points to nil against the Roosters in the second half is no mean feat, and we could have actually drawn the game at the end. 
So I think that last hour last week was a real positive for us heading into this game. I'm hoping Ricky really concentrate on that last 40, 50 minutes of that game because we did some really, really good things. We went back to basics. We played simplistic footy and trusted our structures and our processes. And that's what we've got to do tomorrow night. So the speed game is really critical. The likes of Bailey um, and, uh, and um, uh, Nick, Jared, those type of quick guys, nickel clock stat, getting out of dummy half like we did last week, uh, I think we'll get more yardage against South around the ruck because they're not as mobile as the Roosters pack are. Number eight, I've gone for the mentality area because obviously when you play the Roosters, it can be a mental letdown playing the Premiers and you sort of get in the sheds with close boys, bad luck, take a deep breath and you think, okay, who we got next week? And it's South Sydney, another big powerhouse. Hopefully that can get the guys up, but sometimes can be a mental letdown. It used to be when you played the Storm, you'd, it's a massive build-up, win or lose, you then have a bit of a downer for a couple of days, then trying to refocus for the following week. Um, so, so, so as I said, these types of games are probably more mental than, um, uh, than actually uh, physical because you've got to get your mind right to get it going again against a top powerhouse. And South are gritty, they're a well-drilled side, and they make few errors. So we've really got to be on our game. Number nine, I've gone for Sebastian Chris. Now, I must say, I vaguely remember Sebastian in the trial against Canterbury. Um, he played very well. I sort of like Ricky's idea here with Chris on the bench. I think his thinking is, well, if the experiment with, with Nick doesn't work out, I can quickly move Nick back to Oldfield, bring Michael off and put Chris in the centres to mark Gagai or bring Oldfield in the centres to mark our guys. So it just gives Ricky a little bit of flexibility. Hopefully that won't be the case, but I can certainly see Ricky's methodology here around having Chris on the bench just to juggle that uh, um, our back line if we need to by a few positional changes. I thought Oldfield had a good game last week. Uh, I certainly don't blame him for the Mitchell try when he scored and hurt his groin. That was certainly an area around the middle third where, uh, where Artedesco got through. Certainly Tedesco's try just after half-time. Michael was too far wide. No communication close. They didn't shuffle. Um, once again, that's just a communication thing. So I can certainly see the Chris experiment working well. If he gets on, he looks like a big-bodied guy. He's got to take that example that Hudson Young and Corey Horsberg and Emre and Murchie have said in previous games by really making a mark in the game. Getting involved early, but sticking to the team thesis and the team basics. And guys, number 10, I've gone for home ground. As I said, our first home game in four weeks. We're home for the, for the next two. We're at the stage now where we really need to bank some wins just to give us some breathing space between the top four and the top eight. It's an old saying that injuries take you out of the top four and form takes you out of the top eight. So we need to maintain our form, hopefully have no more injuries, and we can consolidate that top four area. But the home crown is critical tonight, guys. We're a six to, six to ten point better side at home, obviously, than we are away. The Viking clap, Saturday night, um, you know, we're going to be pumped up. So I'm really excited about what we're going to be bringing to the ground tomorrow night, guys. Uh, but look, that's my top ten for the week. Um, love to hear your comments on my Facebook page. Hook me up on Twitter. You can now subscribe through our YouTube channel at Berkey's Top Ten. So have a look at YouTube. Do a search there for Berkey's Top Ten. Podcasts are going well, so all your major podcast areas are there. Uh, so have a look at the podcast tonight if you're out and about. And as always, guys, thanks for the love. This is Berkey, Bleed Green, out for now.